This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of New York City, Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York City. I already said that. Newsstand Studios, uh, joined as usual with uh, John. Uh, John Nahuel, how you doing? Doing great, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Are you, though? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's the start of the week. It's mon- you know my Monday, so. It's your Monday? Yeah. I like that. Whenever I'm in a store, I'm like, is today, what is okay. what day of the week is your today, right? I'm like, is it your Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Because really, Saturday is the new, Saturday is the new Monday. I don't know. Saturdays might. All the days are the same. Yeah. 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 All the days are the same. <laughs> Just the store hours change. Yeah, exactly. Got Joe Hazen rocking the panels. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Good to see you. And yes, I am doing well. Yeah? Good. Really? Nice. Exactly. That's what I was looking for. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Like anyone in New York City, you're like, are oh, you doing well? And they're like, yeah. You're like, really? Come on. What? <laughs> Because in New York, what's the classic answer? What, what's going on? How you doing? Busy. 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 Because if you're not busy, someone's like, what are you, lazy? What are you, stupid? If you're not busy, if you live in New York and you're not busy, even the idle rich are busy in New York. You know what I'm saying? Man, I would like to be the idle rich. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, the, the idle rich is the best kind of rich. Anyway. Uh, joined in the upper, upper left-hand corner, Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Busy. You know what I like? I like. Uh, I like how. So, people know this, but like, she who shall not be named, the computer that runs my phone, right, can't pronounce anyone's name properly, and I'm the other person who can't pronounce anyone's name properly. So, uh, whenever I would call John, I would say, "Hey, blah, call Jean the Howl," because that's the only way she could pronounce it. And the only way that she can pronounce Quinn's name is is call Quinn. Get this, call Quinn Fusile, Fusile. Yeah, Quinn, say it the proper way because I can't even think it the right way anymore because I only think it the way she thinks it. Fuchile. A fuchile. Beautiful. And uh, heading further on down that uh, left hand coast, we got uh, Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing? Good. Good, Thanks, Jack. And of course. Uh, yeah, I, I would have remembered he was there because I spoke to him beforehand. Our good buddy, Jackie Molecules. So, uh, you guys have anything interesting? We didn't really talk. We talked a little bit last week, but uh, we didn't talk too much about what we're doing. I have some actual food updates that I forgot to bring up last week. But uh, what do you guys? What you guys been doing? I, I got some stuff. Yeah. All right, hook me up. Well, uh, this past Sunday was my dad's birthday, and we ordered what was advertised as a suckling pig okay. to celebrate. By the way, I, I think I know where this is going. I'm going to say it and see whether I was right. They always lie. They always just send you a not very big pig. But anyway, go ahead. No. What? It was not suckling. It was like a teenage pig. That's what I'm saying. They always send like just was, not a 200-pound pig. They're like, they're like here's a medium-sized pig. Yeah. 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 No one ever sends a suckling pig. I've, I've had this problem before. Yeah. All right, so, so we had... Yeah. Fifty-five pounds of pig. Fifty-five. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what the problem? With the, okay, tell me whether this was the problem with the pig you received. That age pig is just like humans. Uh, that's the wrong age. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like uh, just like humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little, like it's the awkward stage. It's oh. the junior high okay. of pigs. You know what I mean? Like, if if you were gonna say what's the worst era. To, you know, what's the worst, you know, time of human life? 
you would have to say. No, no, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about like a taste comparison. Oh, gonna be maybe also. Yeah, I don't else? know. Yeah, maybe yeah. also. I don't know. I'd have to ask Jack about that. So I ate, I went to a human restaurant. I didn't know in my defense, but I was eating humans. So which one did you like best? Because I would want to know. I would want to know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so was it all of the wrong things? It was uh, not as fat as a suckling, you know, not as much, you know, was it, how was it? Was it ended up being good or what? I mean, it, we ended up, it was still good, but it was like, okay, it's not going to fit on our gas grill, mm. so we got to chop it up anyways. Yeah. I want, I'm like, okay, I know, Dave, your thing is like, you're cooking a whole pig, doesn't matter how, like, perfectly it's cooked. It's just an event. But I'm like, right. we've already because got to it can't be it done. Up. Because like, it can't be done. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So I'm like, we're already going to have to break it up. Mm-hmm. Let's cut out the loin section, mm-hmm. and then we could have a little more control. Yes. But I got overruled. Why? The only worse thing to do than to cook a whole pig is to cook a whole pig in the wrong position. So that it's like yeah. all hunched up so that like... And then, then, then nothing is cooked properly. Grease fire. Well, I mean, you know, I love a good grease fire. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, man, nothing better than a good grease fire. The skin was uh, was sacrificed to the gods. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, you know, uh, according to what I know about sacrifice, you are supposed to give the best parts to the gods. Mm-hmm. And then you eat, you know, what's left over. And by the gods, I mean the priests eat that stuff. So it's like, you know, they put it on the thing and then basically the priests are eating that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really like you're paying the priests off with that. I don't know if you know that. Oh, we know. No priests that. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's still fine. It was good. We made some really nice sauces uh, and some nice flatbreads. Yeah. You know, oh. what, you know what? Next time. Oh, uh, there's a. Fa- I know that you're not a, a music person, but there's a famous Louis Primus song called "Next Time There Will Be No Next Time." That where Sam Butera, his uh, one of his other horn players, is the guy who actually sings uh, uh, on that one. So, are you going to do it next time, or there will be no next time? Well, no, I think we're considering next time okay. again. Years and years ago, for my birthday, we did get a whole goat, and my Sister-in-law's father built an iron cross, and we did the uh, like El Asador, like fire roast. Oh man, I thought so you were going awesome. in a whole different direction with the iron cross. I thought this was going to be some creepy, creepy, creepy thing, like some sort no, of like crucified devil goat. Because goats are already the devil. I mean, I like them and their products, but they are they are Satan's animal on earth for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if Satan had to choose one animal, it ain't the snake. It's a goat. Just look at them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Look, look at them. Yeah. Plus, they eat anything. I mean, the goats. Mm-hmm. No. Creepy. And, uh, but I will say this. Uh, if you're going to do this again, and it comes, and you're not going to be able to cook it properly on one fire, but you have time, right? You can do just a super long cirque on it. So, we, we, used, to, we used to do that. Just a very, very, very long cirque. Um for that. Like physical. It's a twenty dollar problem. Someone goes to Target, buys a tub, and you stick the circulators in it and you circuit. 
I mean, uh, like that would be circular power. Uh, as, as I have mentioned, volume. this is something I have tested for you. You're keeping a, a not a very high temperature, so you can't do like you you can you can only do low temperatures. Like so, a full size Lexan, which you could fit this into, you can do it with one circulator as long as it's not metal. If it's plastic and you cover it and you let it come up to temperature and you overshoot the temperature by like by twenty thirty degrees and then drop it in, it'll settle out at about the right temperature. So you have to do a similar calculation to what you would do, or you could do it in an igloo, right? You have to do it at a similar, uh, the similar way that you would calculate uh, brew temperatures for like, if you look up mash temperatures for, for brewing. Yeah, for you, strike, strike temperatures. Yeah, so you yeah. calculate that strike temperature to be just above what you want the cooking temperature of the thing to be. Then you drop it, do it in the igloo, right? For a long, long time, like so much longer than you think, right? And then uh, let it cool down pull it and then you can you can uh crisp it off but you know the the recommendations for uh circulator size are based on um you know their ability to comfortably do something and regulate within a tenth of a degree if you don't care about a tenth of a degree if like one or two degrees is fine and you can insulate it and go for a long time you can do twice or three times as much liquid as they say you uh, as they say you can so that's just an fyi done it many times Done it many, many times. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, like when I show up at my mom's house and she's like, you got to cook this whole freaking prime rib, like a whole one. And I'm like, ma, you don't have anything. You have nothing. So, like, you know, we're like, I was like, what, where do you store your shoes in the attic? And so, like, you know, you just go get whatever she's storing her shoes in in the attic and you cook it in that. You just make it work. You know what I mean? If you have time. If you have time. Because while the gods may enjoy the skin, you would have enjoyed it more. Oh my yeah. god! Did I talk to you about the delicious when I was in Germany? The delicious Schinkenhaxe I had. No. Oh my god! So I went to—I forget the name of the place, but uh, we went to. Um, I was in Berlin, and most of the nights, you know, I was eating with uh, the Campari crew. But uh, <clears throat> you went out with the owner of uh, Mr. Susan there and Don Lee, and I forget—I forget, I forget the name of the place. But it's like it was known for their for their. They're Schinkenhocks or, you know, they're Schweinhocks, whatever you want to call it. And it's just this like pork shank. And they just, they, they, they slow cook the hell out of it. Some people braise it. Some people slow cook the hell out of it. And then you either like roast the hell out of it or, or deep fry it. I think this one was deep fried. It was like, and they're like, ein gutes kilo. So it's a kilo <laughs> of like pork shank knuckle that comes out and it's just all the crispy skin and some, and some cooked you know, sauerkraut with it. I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. So good. Yeah. It sounds delicious. That, that skin was so good. And they had run out when I showed up, they had run out and they were like, uh, they were like, yeah, we're out. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, it's our most popular thing. I'm like, then why are you still open? You should be like Franklin barbecue. And when you're done with it, you close the store. And I, I was like, where else can I get it? I was like, I came, I walked an hour and a half to get here and this is all I want. You know what I mean? So like, uh, they try to send me to a different place and he's like, yeah, but it's not very good there. He's like, he's like, I didn't tell the other people, but if you come back in 45 minutes, we'll have more. And so we did. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. And it was so good. So good. Uh, well, speaking of barbecue, how was your barbecue down in Texas? Good. Yeah, yeah, I was just in Austin, and, you know, I didn't go to Franklin, obviously, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't standing in no line. And you're with a group. You know how, like, when you're with a group and, like, two of the people in the group are, like, are willing to 
be ridiculous for food yeah. and two aren't, it's better to not force those people to go in. To yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, the place you went to was still. Oh, delicious. Yeah. Delicious. In fact, so I, I take it as an opportunity to not go to the one that everyone's standing in, in line for. Right. Yeah. And what's the name of the place again before we. Oh, so I went to uh, KG Barbecue, which is still a, uh, it's, I guess, still considered a truck because it's outside of like a, a brew house. But the the chef is, his name is, uh, I didn't meet him, is uh, Kareem Al-Gayesh. And so it, he wanted to start a, he's from Cairo. Yep. And he took a trip like, a, you know, a long time ago to, to the United States and was like, oh, I love this Texas barbecue. I love this. Goes back to Cairo and is like, there is nothing. And there's nothing. So he keeps on trying to like, you know, figure out a way to do it in Cairo, then takes a trip back to Austin to like learn more, like, you know, from people there and eventually just opens up a food truck in Austin, uh, serving. And it's like, a, it's definitely Texas barbecue, you know, brisket, like the sausages, all that stuff. Uh, but like with a little like Egyptian twist, like some, some, some sitar on it, like his potato salad has beets in it. So a lot of people asked what, what was up. They thought that they hit the potato salad. Cause I posted on the Instagram. They thought the potato salad was something else. So I don't know how many people, when I told them there was beets in the potato salad, were like, mm, I don't know. Cause I'm also that way, you know, Nastasi and I, did, yeah. I, did I tell you what, Hey Stas, you want to be, you want to be grossed out? Yeah. 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 So for all, everybody knows that the, everybody it is known that the smell that Nastasi and I are repulsed by in beets is uh, geosmin, which is the chemical that gives it that dirt smell. It's also the, the chemical in dirt catfish and dirty tasting tilapia, although tilapia is pretty much clean now. It's pretty neutral these days. You know what I mean? Uh Right. It's also the smell of like fresh earth. And so the, the, the Roca brothers, right, you know, the early, early on, like 2004 or whatever, one of their famous dishes when they first got a rotary evaporator was they would go scoop up dirt from outside the restaurant, not in the parking lot, and they would throw it into their rotary evaporator and they would get that geosmin smell, which is caused by a bacteria in the earth. They make it when it's wet, right? Which is why that's what that smells like. And then they would put that dirt on oysters and that was their surf and turf. Do you get it? Do you get it? Anyway, you get the joke? Anyway, but it was a super famous dish. It was a super, super famous dish. And when I saw them do that at Madrid Fusion in 04, 05, whatever it was, I was like, oh man, these guys, they're the, they're the best. They're the best. That's also when they pulled out the smoking gun for the first time. Although I hear they nicked that idea from someone maybe in Belgium or Netherlands or something like that. So they repurposed a pothead. So it used to be that people, I don't know if you know this, but people used to smoke marijuana cigarettes and they would smoke marijuana in little pipes. They didn't have like these vape things. People actually used to have to pull out a lighter and light the marijuana on fire to consume it. You know what I mean? Back in the day. And so, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid, like potheads were known for being lazy, right? Could Not lazy, but like, they, you know, they were high. They were super high, right? So someone had taken these, uh, so they, they used to sell these little vacuum cleaners for keyboards because I don't know if you know this, but like people who work on computers all day, we're, you know, some finicky weirdos. And so they're like, man, I want to use a regular vacuum cleaner. So they would make these little miniature battery powered vacuum cleaners to clean out your keyboards. Right. And so some like super smart, like high out of their mind, like pothead was like, what if I put the battery in upside down, this thing becomes a power pipe. And so that's what they did. Right. They screwed a bowl into the top of the into the, you know, vent and they turned the, the vacuum backwards and it was a power pipe for them to smoke. And then chefs took it. And that's where the smoking gun comes from. 
Potheads. Potheads. Also, the, the volcano vaporizer, which Grant Akitz made famous in food at Alinea Pothead. Yeah. Uh, any hoodly who. So I was like, I was like, oh, I don't really like dirty martinis. I'm just going to put that out there. Right. I think it's fine if you like them. Riff, do you like them? Are you? I do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Joe, dirty martini. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jack. No from me. No. And I know no from Stas. She's not a martini head. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm not either. I mean, I, I'll, I'll consume them. But what, what about Queen? Queen, what about you? Martini person? Um, not a dirty martini, but like a regular martini. Sure. Yeah. So out of disrespect for the dirty martini, I want to just make the dirt martini. So I was like, I could just, I could, <laughs> I could like scrape my rotary evaporator out of, uh, out of storage and get everyone in my family super mad at me for taking up my entire house with it. Or I could just buy Jasmine. So I just have Jasmine sitting at the house. I just need some time so I can make my dirt martini. I'm just going to put a couple of drops of dirt stink into the martini and make my dirt martini. And I still am wondering, what do you guys think? Olive in the dirt martini or, or lemon twist in the dirt martini? No, a rock. An- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, an actual rock. All right. All right. But I need, but I need some sort of other flavor compound in it. No? Just do dirt? You? They just dirt. My mom. My other flavor is martini. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Well, it's moss or lichen. Uh, uh. I wish I had stolen some epiphytes when I was in Austin, but, uh, you know, complete with like all form of little like biting mites. Uh, But chiggers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So no one one thinks a lemon or an olive. Everyone thinks it should be some alternative. I mean, the rocks where I live are filthy. Every, by the way, if you... Well, you wash them. Okay. If you come to our fine city and you sit on the sidewalk, be aware that the sidewalk is 25% dog pee, 25% rat pee, like bird poop and vomit. Like that's what our sidewalks are. So don't sit on them. Like don't sit on our sidewalks and go. We got a whole bunch of human bowel movements too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just Ugh. don't sit on our sidewalks. If you come into our subway system, do not sit on our sidewalks, our stairwells, unless you consider your whole body disposable. <laughs> like it's just not. You know what I'm saying when you see that? So gross. Okay. So gross. I regularly take. So if you're a dog person, like in in our buildings, in, like down where I live in the Lower East Side, there's like uh, fences, and I see like runners stretching against the fence. I'm like, that is a urinal. You are stretching in a urinal. You might as well go into a public restroom and just start stretching against the urinal. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, yeah. it's gross. It's just gross. Uh, all right. Um, Yes, so that barbecue. I also went to the Austin Farmer's Market, which was fun. I had barbecue there as well. Uh, that was uh, Mum Foods. And Mum Foods, they, I think they're about to get a brick and mortar. They just got a brick and mortar. They've just been doing uh, like Texas-style uh, barbecue at the, the Farmer's Market, which is in the Mueller neighborhood, rather new neighborhoods where the airport used to be. And that was also delicious. And the chef there, or uh, the owner, uh, spent a bunch of time in Queens, so they also do pastrami. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's like all the briskets. So yeah. it's like pastrami and uh and and brisket and their sausage is made from brisket trimmings and their sausage is sick. So if you go to there, if you if you go stop by their farmers market there on a on a I think it was a Sunday, yeah, that the sausage is the answer. But the guy next to me, he's ordering pastrami, right? And he asked for the lean. And but, so my friend Joran like and I were going, we were the two people who were food, you know, people were, were so we're going there. And we we both look over at the guy. We're like, 
what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why if, would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? That's what you accept because you, in order to get to the fat, you need, like, the, the animal has so much. So in order to be sustainable, you're like, fine, I'll take some of the lean. But it turns out there's people who want the lean. Who are these people? Oh, I'll give you another one. So, like, you know, obviously we can't check baggages with liquids. I mean, we can check baggages with liquids, but, you know, whatever. We don't live there. We don't have a kitchen. We're at a wedding. We're headed out. So there's a huge long line out, out, the, farmers, out of the indoor section of the farmer's market. And we were like, is this line to get in? And a guy in the line's like, no, this line is for eggs. And so I go, oh, we don't need eggs. And because it's like the super fancy like farmer's eggs down there. And some lady in line goes, you most certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh. I was like, all right, lady. All right, lady. I got you. Uh, so the other thing uh, I saw there, because this we didn't go get in our farmer's market, all fresh pecans, locally oh, grown yeah. pecans. So I brought some of the roasted semi-salted ones for you to try. So I asked the, the gentleman who sold them to me. I was like, uh, what uh, variety are these? And I got some variety FOMO. Those, he, the ones he got me were called desirable. And I said, are they desirable? He's like, yes, they are very good. Some people do not think they are the best. They're not grown as much. They used to be one of the most common varieties. They're not as grown anymore because they're susceptible to certain forms of scab and the nut quality deteriorates if they have scab. But now I want to try the Elliott variety. So if anyone knows of the Elliott, because get this, the Elliott variety of pecan has a hickory nut flavor. So I would love, but that's a delicious pecan. Am I right? Fresh, delicious. Very pecan. good. That's a very good pecan. Comes by its name, Desirable Honestly. And this was from the Yegua Creek Farms Pecan Orchard in Elgin, Texas. Yeah, that's really delicious. That's a good pecan. Yeah. I'm Great proud. texture. Yeah, really good. Well, it's because they're, they're big jumbo mothers and they're like, you know, freshly shucked and roasted he roasts when when he roasts them he roasts them and then tosses them and this is what he says is a secret and he sells this stuff he tosses them in a little bit of pecan oil as they're roasting so that then the salt sticks to the pecan oil so it's all pecan there's no sort of like like bs oil he's adding to the situation and then he had a bunch of flavored pecans i didn't care though i mean i care like if i if i lived there i would eventually try to see whether his flavored pecans were any good but I was like, give me the pecaniest pecan. Yeah. And this was the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I love a pecan. Yeah. Very good. Wow. You know, most of the people in my family are not pecan people. And it's kind of disappointing. It really is sad. Yeah. It's a delicious nut. Yeah. Anyway. It is. Yeah. A lot of food tragedies in your house. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, all right. <clears throat> and the week before that, I went to uh, Miami. I didn't get to talk about the food in Miami. But before I do that, what about you, uh, Stas and Jack? You guys got any uh, food, uh, food McGillas? I went to a restaurant called Subaki the other night, which was like uh, small plates, Japanese stuff. Uh, for any L.A. listeners, it was very, very good. They have a really big sake list. Um, it kind of felt like being in Tokyo. So that's my restaurant rec for the week. Have you, have you become like you're like you have only like Tokyo feelings now? And so you're like, I have to go get sake. Is that you now? No, 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 no. It's like the first time <laughs> since coming home. I mean, as soon as I came home, it was like Italian food and wine all week. You yeah, know, some, um, somebody shipped this guy a bottle of Barefoot Merlot. Just, Someone oh needs God, to ship no. you some Barefoot Merlot. Get you back on America, baby. Ugh, the most American. Um, well, this restaurant had Japanese latkes with none other than dry-aged Oricang salmon on them. And uh, it was damn good. 
All right. All right. I Again, uh, that's the one uh, FOMO that I have is that I couldn't go to the Aura King Salmon event and try. What's the name of their giant, their giant, giant? Um, Taihi Salmon. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, okay. So, uh, oh, back to Cuba. What about you, Stas? Nothing? You're hiding Cuba. there. Um, no, I take people out to the most generic, uh, old school LA places with shitty, with crabby burgers. No, come on. You know what? You're, you're so full of garbage. You're so full of garbage. You're so full yeah. of garbage. Give yeah. me, talk about yeah, the pepper true. steak. Talk about the pepper steak. You you have all I of have these things that you love and you won't talk about them ever. You're so stingy. You're so stingy. Talk about the I pepper steak. Yeah. Talk we're about going, the freaking pepper go- steak. We're going to go back to Flappers on Sunday, and we're going to go to the pepper steak place. So, so what is the name of the freaking pepper? What is it? I, I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's like a hole in the wall. I, I, I don't know if it has a name. Pepper steak place. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but we'll report back on Tuesday. So, it's, I say she won't say this, but, like, apparently her parents, right, go to places for decades and don't know the name of the place. Right. <laughs> so like yeah. Nastasia took us to like her favorite. Uh, do we talk about this already? Or she takes a Jack and I to her favorite or was it Jack? Did you go with me or, or, did, or did Harold go with us or did all four of us go? Which one? To the seafood place. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. All four of us went, right? Yeah. So, uh, so she takes us this place that she's been going. What's the name of the place? No idea. Well, she won't know. That's so oh, son of a god. I thought she knew though. <laughs> it's some it's some fish place on PCH. Well, that that narrows it down because there's only one fish <laughs> restaurant on the entire Pacific Coast I really Highway. No, no. Do you remember, Jack? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. Hmm. It's like you know where to pull off, you know. So you pull off. Uh, Right after the gas station, before Malibu. How about oh, that? Jesus. <laughs> okay. That's pretty specific. Okay. Okay. Um, Just let me know when you want me to hang up. Yeah. So, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> so, like, she's literally been going to this place since she was a kid. Since she was a kid. Little girl. Right. And so then her parents come to, the, to uh, Thunderbolt, L.A., when we're doing our event. And she remembers the name for the 20 minutes between when we go there and when we're at Thunderbolt LA and says to her dad, we went to blah, you know, that place we always used to go. Dad, blank look on his face. I never heard of that place in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard. Never heard. And so like, I'm like, you know what Nastasia is? Freaking liar. Because I'm assuming her dad would know. And she's like, no, my whole family, like, it's like, you know how, this house is like, you know how you're face blind and people blind? Like, like my whole family is place blind. We don't care. We don't know. But somehow they find yeah. their way back to it. <laughs> yeah. so, so can yeah. you at least describe this pepper? What is a pepper steak sandwich? Um, I think it's like God. beef that's um, plotted in <laughs> pepper. And it's in a sandwich with uh, peppers, like like bell peppers. Okay, be- and it's so okay. freaking good. Okay. Is, is it pressed? No, 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 no. Like a sub, like a sub sandwich uh, thing, like you know, but like with like this long sautéed 
beef and peppers and pepper. Okay. I'd love to be a fly on the wall while going to the restaurant, trying to remember the directions. It's over here. It's over here. No, it's in this strip mall. <laughs> no, no, no. We we are like, we get, like, I could get there right now without. Oh, you, you have know, the internal compass for like the pepper steak. That's good. Yeah. Uh, we, we only go, my family only goes to the same like nine places in LA for years. And we don't know the names of most of them. Because <laughs> they're not like, they're like, you know, literal holes in walls. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I went to it. This was a freestanding building. Okay, then what was the name, Dave? I don't know because, like, this is, but, like, I have, I went there once. You've been going since you were, like, a little girl. And it's not a literal hole in the wall. It's a building on the beach. Although that would be amazing. Yeah, if you just had like a wall a little... on the beach with, like, a freaking hole in it, you're like, here's the restaurant. <laughs> Here it is. Enjoy. It's like fish shop. Fish and two shop. and freaking Harold McGee and I believe Jack yeah. got the swordfish. And I was like, okay. No. You didn't? He got the swordfish at least. And I was like, I can't, I, I don't order swordfish because I know it's going to be dry uh, 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 as a bone. You know what I mean? And, but it wasn't apparently. It was good apparently. I don't know. It's also unsustainable. Why? Oh, Mr. Whale Eater telling me not unsustainable. <laughs> unsustainable foods. Um, yeah. You're never going to live that one down, my friend. But I didn't know. I'll, I'll, but I'll I didn't know. One. I'm happy to own that. One. All right, all right. Uh, okay, so back to uh, Miami. So uh, I tried to find like the best Cuban sandwich there, but in fact, it turns out that what people said was the best Cuban sandwich, I didn't think was any better than the ones that are made in uh, you know up in uh, Morningside Heights uh, and North. Well, I guess they're not in Morningside Heights anymore. That neighborhood's so different. But like you know, above that uh, in Washington Heights. The best Cubans I've had in my in my life are from up there. Still, I need to go to Tampa. I need to go to Tampa. But I first, I finally had the uh, the Cuban fritas, their their burger. And I have to say, I went to we went to several. Uh, Jack Schramm and I we were there doing a gig, and um, <clears throat> we went to several places. And El Mago de las Fritas was, which I guess translates loosely to the Wizard of the Fritas, was so on point. So on point. The 80-something, even though I think his daughter runs it now, the 80-something-year-old original wizard was sitting, like, you know, with his with his whites on, like, like hunched over, like, at the counter. And I think he might have actually made our free dust because I did see him get up when our order was made and, like, like kind of hobble over to where the flat top was. And, man, it's good. So uh, what they – the way that they – so – you look it up on the internet, and a lot of people say that people put a mixture of pork and beef, like a chorizo, into the into the patty. But I've watched them make it on YouTube a bunch of times, and I looked at a bunch of people who do the recipes. And apparently, while some people may do that, that's not the way the wizard does it. The wizard puts chorizo-like spices into the meat, but no salt. Right, so it's not getting bound up and destroyed. So it's salt in a spice mix that ruins the texture, interior texture of of a burger meat because it it causes it to become like a sausage, which is not a burger anymore. It's a sausage patty, right? So there's no salt in there. So that what they did was they they you know put the chorizo like spices into it, and then they put it on a flat top with onions. They smash it down, then. 
I think they might salt it too at that point. Then they spray a sauce over the top of it onto the flat top. So this bubbling and stuff like that. Then they flip it, right? And it's still got all the sauce and stuff like that. Then they toast the bun, the Cuban roll bun on the flat top, and then wipe up the extra sauce from the flat top onto the bun. And then the real service genius is they take their crispy fried potatoes are not matchstick fries. This is a lie. They are basically hash brown pieces or like latka pieces that are fried hard, right? So that they're crispy, right? So it's like, it's like they're very tiny. You know what I mean? Like for any of you who've had like Al Cap, like those like Al Cap, like weird little potato sticks, they're thinner than that. Right. They're very thin, like hash brown things. And those are mounded up on it. And then if you want the super money, the super money business, egg on top, caballo style, like super, super money. And then they serve it with a with the two sauces. One's an incredibly hot sauce that is some form of scotch bonnet habanero, like that variety of pepper sauce and what they call, I swear to God, bougie sauce, bougie sauce which is some lightly pink, lightly mayonnaise, lightly ranchy, but delicious kind of thing. And so the combo of those two things on the fritas and the ones at El Mago were incredibly juicy and delicious. And unfortunately, those are the ones I had first. So it's always bad when the best one you have is the first one. You know what I mean? And then the rest were good, but not El Mago de las Fritas. (laughs) Like, you know, I've I've had other, you know, very... Good honorific people, you know, honorific titles attached to people's fritas, but the the wizard, long live the wizard. Um, the other thing we did, old school Miami, is uh, Joe's Stone Crab. Mm. And would love to try that. Place. Oh my god! You know what you need to do? You need to try it with somebody else's money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's what I did. I tried it with somebody else's money. So I had their key lime pie, which is apparently in Miami. I know it's not the keys, but in Miami, it's the key lime pie of note. It was very good. Here's what I'm going to say. You're going you're gonna to give me a little face. Ready? The graham cracker crust, crust was double thick. Mm. Ah, right. But not hard. Hmm. Not hard. So you know how a graham cracker crust, especially on a chilled pie, can get very hard? Their graham cracker crust, I don't know what they do, but even though it was double thick, when I saw it, I was like, oh, man. Uh. But the pie itself is thicker than you would make it. So it's like everything's like double. So it's like you've shrunk to a small boy again. And then like, you know. Okay. Uh, it, right. But when you put your fork through it, it cuts and, and breaks apart nicely in the mouth. It's not like eating like, you know, slate slabs of, of graham cracker crust. You know, I'll okay. go a little more acidic, but it was good. But here's something weird. Stone crab season had just opened up again. So they had like, all, they didn't have the colossal size, but they had up to jumbo. So we got, I think we got large. Cause I asked him, I was like, is the flavor any different? He's like, no, the flavor's no different. So I was like, fine. But he says the flavor does change with water temperature or the, the crab does change with water temperature. And it was the opposite of what I thought. They prefer their crabs from warmer uh, when the water's a little bit warmer, he says they get better yield out of them and they're easier to shuck. And I have no idea whether that's true or false, but it goes exactly the opposite of everything I know about lobsters, let's say. I don't know a lot about crab flavor and where it comes from, but like it was exactly the opposite of what I would have uh, assumed. Anyway, uh, Joe Stone Crab, delicious. And they, they break it so it's super easy. And just the, the claw, do you know how they harvest those things, the stone crabs? It's actually sustainable. You know about this? Yeah. Well, it's one claw per one claw right. and back. And th- throw it back. They in. throw yeah. it back in. Imagine and and like I wonder how many crabs 
they're like, oh, again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he, he says it takes, I forget, he told me how many years it takes for the claw to grow back, but it's not like fast. So there's all these crabs in Florida who are like, you know, running around with the one claw. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, uh, you know, he's like, finally, clack, 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 whoop, boop. Oh, you know what I mean? But I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. No, it is. I wonder if there's anyone who's not willing to consume animal products because animals get uh, killed who will eat stone crab. I wonder if there's anyone on earth like that because it's not killed. Wait, say that again. I said, I wonder if there's anyone who doesn't consume meat because the animals are killed, but will consume. In other words, most people are anti-exploitation in general. Once they go like uh, to that level, it's like no honey, no nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I wonder if there's anyone where stone crab is on the okay side of their line. But for instance, like blue crab isn't because you, or like soft shell crabs, which I didn't have this year. Oh my God, I love soft shell crabs. I would guess if you are okay eating eggs, there's a similar argument to be made that the one claw is like an egg and that you're still taking something from an animal that they can survive. I would say there's a better argument for the stone crab than for an egg because, you know, like, look, if you're a vegetarian, but you eat eggs and milk, I shouldn't even say this. I've kind of vowed I would never say this, right? Like, the the hens aren't making it out of that alive. Like, as soon as they start, as soon as they stop laying, they're chummed up. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not like, it's not like you get to get out of chicken murder by by just eating the eggs, right? You, you, they're not yeah, murdered, also, right? Also, so, or like wool, or like wool. <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, milk baby cows. And plus, as soon as they stop giving milk, they get chummed up. You know what I mean? Or like uh, even you know wool. I, you know, it's not like it's not like they you know they get to live out their days. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, anyway, it's a uh, there's a uh, although I guess I don't know how long wool sheep are. I don't know what causes a wool sheep to get cold i don't know how old they are whether they're allowed to i don't know whether your wool stays the same quality i know my wool is not staying the same quality my whole life so i don't i'm sure it's the same with a sheep so i don't know but you know that's the that's the see you you don't get you don't get around the animal slaughter just by not eating the yeah. dead body you know well, I, mean? I guess it is like attenuated slightly yes that is true um all right <clears throat> So I guess that's all the all the things I need to get through on uh, on what I've eaten in the past couple of weeks. Let's get. Oh, by the way, upcoming in the studio uh, November fourteenth, we have Robert Simonson about his new cocktail. How is it? Cocktail encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, cocktail encyclopedia. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're going to restart. Have we already started the Edwards Age meat uh, like uh, cooking issues uh, code again uh, for the I, Patreon I folks? I, I posted that a little while ago. I'll see if it's still valid. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, people should join patreon.com slash cooking issues because very soon we should have a promo code for Robert Simonson's book. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we occasionally do live streams and other stuff. And if you're on the Patreon and you want us to do something, uh, just ask. And we will try to uh, accommodate, accommodate you. You'd also be able to call in live questions at 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah! Uh, wow. Because <laughs> I remembered to do the... <laughs> Joe's like, you finally remembered. Rate and, rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast platform 
you are listening on. Let me let me modify what Quinn just said. If you like the show, consider giving us a review well, of, of five they're, stars. They're forty minutes. Into this. No, but, like no, no, no. That's the thing. They're going to be like, no. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to review it. I wasn't going to give it its two-star review. But now that they asked. Spite. 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 Uh, yeah, it's actually it's actually helpful for us. So, you know, and costs you nothing except your time, which is, of course, valuable. We appreciate your time, people. Uh, all right. Uh, Simon says, when you're making. Oh, my God. I just said Simon says. Simon wrote in. How about that? Uh, a while ago. Uh, when you're making your own flour for bread, what's the best way to navigate the different ways of classifying flours used in different countries? For example, how would you go about making a high-protein Italian-style double-zero flour for use in making Italian breads or pizza? All right. Um, okay, Simon, I'm not going to give you the answer you want here. What I'm going to say is that I don't think you're going to be able to make a classic double-zero flour at home with a home mill right i think the better way to think about it is think about what your mill can make and then make breads that your mill is good at making right so every country has different ways of rating their flowers and they're all focusing on different things so like french and german flowers they talk about Ash, right? So the those specifications are ash. So like German flour is milligrams of ash per hundred grams, uh, like subtracting out the all of the the water, right? So you can't look at a you can't look at an Ameri- at the ash rating of an American flour and uh, like a German or a French one and uh, like directly correlate between them, right? And the reason why ash is important is the higher the ash number, the closer it is to, you know, two, right? Anything over like 1.5, grams per per 100 grams means that it's fundamentally whole wheat because all of the ash, most of the ash is in the outside of the uh, of the wheat, right? So the lower the ash number, the closer you are to just having the central end- endosperm of the of the wheat. Double zero, on the other hand, uh, is more, I think, a, a grading of um, they, they you can correlate to how much what the extraction is. Right. So the extraction is how much of the endos, how much of the outside and the outside part of the endosperm, which is different from the inside, is there. But then it's also a grind level, like how finely it's ground. And there's only so fine you can grind it on a on a home grinder. Right. Um, so, I mean, you could. I'm sure there's ways around it. If you were a zillionaire, you could just buy a test mill like a Buki, I think, and a couple other people make a test. I mean, it's not Buki. Maybe it's Bravid. I forget. Someone makes a test flour mill, which is really good. So if you have like 50, 60 grand lying around, you could buy a roller mill and then you can make all of the actual flour grades. But I think it's very difficult to do at home. So I would buy the flour with the correct – buy the wheat with the correct percentage. I would look at it. Um, you can try to do multiple grind systems to try to just get the outside and sift it, but it's going to be very difficult unless you're willing to do middling separation and a lot of sifting to get the flour to mimic uh, that particular flour. Is that an okay? Yeah. Okay answer. All right. I mean, I, I would also say in my experience with like pizza in particular, obviously the more you refine the flour, the less distinct it's going to be, right? So I always find it more interesting to, like, have a base of a store-bought flour, like, that you need certain properties for, and then just, like, augment with a flavorful flour that is more moderately sifted or refined. I don't know. That's what everyone does. I don't, I don't know. I, I, 
I can't get behind that, Quinn. Like, I like... Why not? Because it's... I think it's BS. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like you make a flower, then I like making something out of that flower. Like, create a flower, know its properties, right? So, like, I don't like a compromise. I'm like, well, it's a compromise between this flower right, but it's, and this it's other not thing. Because there's many applications where whether you're making everything or buying everything, you want to combine flowers to achieve a certain property. Right, but you're, but in other words, like, you're not getting the, you're not really getting the flavor of a flower by adding like 10, 20% of it, right? But you are, I, and I so if it, de- well, it depends on the flower, I guess, but then, it, and, and what you're doing with it, but you're not really getting the flavor of that flower. You can maybe change something a, a little bit. And if, and if what you're saying is all of the properties, except for like some sort of flavor of wheat of that flower are garbage, and what you really want are all, because what I'm hearing from you really is that I really want, like the technical properties of this one flower and the flavor properties of this other flower. So you're diluting the technical properties of one and diluting the flavor properties of the other. So to me, that's not really a compromise that I enjoy. I would prefer a compromise where, where you're like, this has this technical property and this other one has a different technical property. So you're adding two things for technical properties or you're taking two things with good flavor and you're adding them together to get a combined flavor that you like. But if you're like, flavor of this garbage, but technical property is good and technical well, properties yeah, of this garbage, garbage, but flavor good. The, the, the refined flowers are generally pretty neutral. And I would say in my experience, with some bread and some people, some pizza, I like the flavor better at a, like a midpoint. Like sometimes I do 20% fresh flour, 30%, 40%, and I actually prefer the 30% over the 40%. See, what I prefer is to tweak the flour that I'm making to be exactly what I want it to be from both a flavor and a technical standpoint. But the way that I'm doing that is not by trying to mimic a flower that I can't produce. To me, the goal is what can I make that has the, has the end result properties in the, in the bread or the pizza or whatever? What can I make that has those properties, right, but is itself and not like something else, you know, entirely? So, um, and so mainly it's by adjusting the wheats that you use, right? So you choose a wheat that has the properties that you like and the flavors that you like. And then how much you, like how finely you grind it, although it's very hard to do at home. And then how you sift it, how much you sift it, how aggressively you sift it, how much of the, whether you regrind the brand and how, how you put it back in. Like those are the variables that I like to mess with or the mixtures of different wheats that you use, Um you know, right, but if you're already mixing wheat, why not mix some wheat you have milled with wheat other people have milled? Well, I just don't, I just don't find it interesting. It's like, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in it. Like, it's like, you know, it's not, it's not interesting to me. And like, it's also mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't pine for, I am not like, I don't wake up in the morning and be like, I wish I could mill King Arthur's all purpose flour because I I think it's a good flour. No, and when agree. I'm using it, I, I like it, right? But I don't care. Uh, like, like I have like 15 wheat varieties in my house and I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen if I put this wheat variety and this wheat variety together. What's the result going to taste like? 
You know, what's sure. the mix? Like to me, that's just so much more interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I agree. I'm just speaking to like the mid-level crazy person, no, like me. I don't, think maybe I don't think it's any. Like the thing is, I just, in other words, like I just think it's a cop out. Like, like, look, if if it makes you happy, do it. If it makes it happy, do it. It's just like I don't like. Uh, it, you know, it's like it's like if you were like going back to brewing again. It's like you know, I'm not saying everyone has to be all grain if they're doing brewing. You know what I mean? It's just like that's what I'm interested in. Okay, but, yeah, but Dave, here's my here's my context. To me, this is like a cocktail where one component is homemade and the rest are bought. Yeah, but I would never that's do that. My framework. Yeah, but yes, I would. You would? No, of course not. Like either you I either I, either I buy either I buy spirits. Either I buy spirits, right, or I modify spirits. But what you're doing is using Rose's grenadine. That's what, that's, so. No, no, because you're telling me you've never made a cocktail where you've not, well, again, you buy the spirits and then you would make a syrup. Yeah, but I can't make, in other words, like, like, because I can't make those spirits. Like, I can't make a gin, I can't make a gin, yes, but. They can because they're milling, right? <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, it's like either do it or don't do it. You know what I mean? It's like, do it or don't do it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, you know, I'm not, I can't make a better gin than my favorite gin. If I could, I would do it. I cannot. I cannot make a better whiskey. Now, if I started making whiskeys, then I would focus on that, but I wouldn't blend my whiskey with somebody else's whiskey. Right, or if I was making my own gin, I wouldn't blend that gin with Tanqueray. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. All right. All right. But listen, everyone needs to do what makes them happy. So if it makes you happy, I'm happy that it makes you happy. It's just not the way that I work. That's all. Anyway. Um, Justin writes in. I remember Dave was working on a home four size ton, uh, four ton uh, press home size. Four ton press uh, for juice extraction, but I'd be interested in using it uh, for something like a cocoa press. I've not found a source for a smaller scale press that would work. So for a cocoa, so the issue with uh, yes, so like I was working on it. The plans, I think, I put those on on the Patreon, right? All the plans for that thing. Shopping list. I didn't. I never put the images of it up. I'll I'll double check later. Yeah, I can put the images of it up. Yes, so like, you know, mine was way overbuilt. There's a lot of people online. uh, Just, you know, go to, go on the evil Amazon or Harbor Freight or whatever and buy a four ton or more hydraulic jack. And then just make sure that you want to get one with a double ram. So like, uh, so the ram is the part of the jack that goes up and down. And a single ram usually has a very short stroke. And you're going to want a longer stroke so that you can, uh, so you have a little more like movement, right? If you have a lot of money, you can get one that is uh, powered and then you don't have to sit there like an idiot and go, <laughs> I you know, didn't have money. So I wouldn't let you pump, right? The other trick I learned from somebody else who's a, an old uh, hand at making uh, these things is that my original one for the bar, which was a 20 ton press, uh, was a shop press and shop presses that the, the the actual jack is above what would be your food because that's more convenient to build. But uh, someone was like, have you ever met a hydraulic system that doesn't eventually leak? And I was like, correct. So like you want to put the the press underneath uh, whatever the food is because in case, well, or you could just, you know, it's the equivalent of going commando. 
You know what I mean? It's like eventually it might leak and your stuff's ruined, but the one that I built, I put it underneath, even though it is much technically easier to, to go from the top down. The other thing you need to worry about when you're doing the press is um, if the press is not, uh, if, if, the, if the thing that you're moving that's attached to the RAM isn't firmly attached to it, uh, it's going to start tilting. So as soon as like, if, if the stuff's not loaded straight, right, it's going to tilt on an angle and then that kind of ends up getting more severe over time. So you want to have it so that it really wants to stay concentric with the RAM as it goes down. That makes sense? Yeah. So aluminum is good enough. Uh, in fact, like stacks of plywood and half inch eye bolts are, uh, uh, are, are half inch uh, rather, um, you know, threaded studs are good enough for, for this level uh, of work, but you just need to make sure everything stays concentric and stays uh, centered. And, you know, you can just look up the PSI ratings that things can tolerate, and then you can figure out how much force you're actually putting on it by doing the calculations of how big your presser foot are and stuff like that. That's what I did. And if it breaks, just, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, Agos, uh, anybody knows, uh, anyone who knows this, I was transporting some jars of brined capers. I had a lid failure and some of the liquid spilled. I'm sorry for whatever that stuff spilled on because it's runt. You know what I mean? I guess it's not oily. It'll eventually come out, right? Stinky caper, Brian. Oh my God, I was at this wedding uh, in Austin and, I, and uh, so the, the bride put one of those little, you know those tinsel wigs? Those disco tinsel wigs? Yeah. yeah. Put one on me, pink. You know what? Uh, here's a piece of information for you. Uh, those colors leak. So like, and here's another piece of information. Nastasi knows this. She's seen it firsthand. I sweat like, I sweat unbelievable amount. I look like I've been in a rainstorm. I sweat through suits. I sweat completely through my suits. Yeah. Stas, correct? But you're not saying why. You're not saying why. Oh, why? Because you dance like all night long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once, like, once the flip, the switches flip styles, it's over, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's just like, goosh, 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 goosh. like once it's once it's going, like it takes a while to get me going. It's like I'm one of those old, uh, like 1910s cars with a crank that you have to like crank it to get it going because I don't have like an electric starter. But like, uh, yeah, once going, once going. Keep going. You know what I mean? People, people are like, you need to go get a drink of water. I'm like, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, the 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 color leaked out of this tinsel wig, and completely ruined both me. I was stained the next day, and my. So here's another thing about those tinsel wigs: they're unsafe because when you inhale, I sucked a tinsel piece off the wig into my nose, into my throat. I coughed the tinsel back up. Hardcore. <laughs> Hardcore. Um, Sounds like what Sid Barrett did back when Pink Floyd. What, he would have those pink no, wigs on? He did the, the, the Mandrax, um, was it Mandrax tranquilizer? And he put, they, they crushed it up and put it in their hair gel. And they all lost their minds on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty hardcore. That's pretty real. Yeah. Hey, you know, people go in New York City now and go to clinics and that you're allowed to get injected with ketamine in clinics now? Yeah. Uh, what for? Uh, apparently, it, it's kind of an amazing drug for um, uh, drug-resistant depression, actually, like long-term drug-resistant depression. But um, 
yeah, I just was like, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. You can go get injected with ketamine in New York City, but it's in fancy neighborhoods. So it's probably people also with cash. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, back to Agos's issue. Um, I was transporting some uh, jars of brine capers, had a lid failure, and some of the liquid spilled. Is it still safe as it is, or should I top it up with brine? And if so, what percentage of salt should I aim for? It's fine. They're salted through. You might get some crystallization on them as they dry out. Like for So for a quality standpoint, maybe you could top it up. But I would just eat the capers that are on top. You know? And, right? No. Yeah? Yeah. Also, Agos, you should be dry. You should be buying the salt pack capers. And then and then desalinating them yourself. I've never done that, though. I mean, I have done it, but I've never become a regular. I don't have a, a pantry full of salt pack capers. And then, you know, I do all the stuff to get them back. Do you? What about what, any of you guys salt pack caper people? No. I mean, I've done it, but. Not constantly, right? Yeah. For years, I was salt pack anchovy man, though. Had the big can of salt pack anchovies because they are better. I love oil pack anchovies, but I li- 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 love salt pack anchovies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably good to make with butter, huh? What, salt pack anchovy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, salt pack anchovy butter. I love mm, it. Anchovy so butter is delicious. Oh, my God. It is so good. Uh, okay, hey, I have a question. So when you guys use the oil pack anchovies, you use the oil? I use the oil. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. When I'm, uh, like, so, like, anytime I'm doing, like, a dressing and, like, I'm putting the anchovies in, I'll, like, make, like, a big bag. I'll just throw the whole can in with the oil and use the oil. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, using things, restaurants, whatnot, how's the Belgian menu going? It's going. Been doing some recipe testing, which has been going well. The cheese croquettes came out well. Uh, going to try and work on some bitter ballon this week. And yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. We can talk about it more next week. We only got two minutes left. You should right. get to questions. Stephen Stanton, Dave mentioned in passing a syrup he used to make using ginger, galangal, and turmeric. Did he just juice a three and bring it to 50 bricks, or was this a boiled-in-water situation? It was a boiled in, it was a slice, super thin, boiled-in-water situation. But that's not the way I would do it now, right? I could do it differently now, although I don't know. Lastly, would uh, the Garrett Richards slash Darcy O'Neill slash Dave Arnold ginger Hustino technique be effective for Hustino using this trio? Love these flavors and love to make some cool beverages that incorporate them. I could see both wet, uh, pathways as something special. All right, here's the uh, issue. Um, I need to do more work, but in other words, you could do it for sure. Um, it does it have to be non-alcoholic because really the product is better when it's made with alcohol. I haven't done all three together, but I am uh, happy to do it. You no longer really need to do the mag carb. It makes it much more difficult. I have new ways to do the ginger coming out. The real trick to ginger is adding a little acid before you add the, um, Pectinex, and that will cause it to drop out, and you can get about 90% yield just by letting it sit and racking. Although I shouldn't say that because I'm here to sell centrifuges. Mark in Long Island said, I found some unopened ingredients from Modernist Pantry and Willpowder in the back of my pantry. The best uh, best buy date is 2016 and a few 2019. Even though they're uh, expired, can I still safely use any of them? Yes. Uh, 100%. The only things that are going to have problems with are things like uh, soy lecithin. If, if, the, if things were open so they can clump up and sometimes the measurements, they pull in water. But other than that, 90% of those ingredients are going to be good until we die. Uh, Wizmerd, what's the best way to uh, dry an herb and maintain its aroma? I've got a decent dehydrator. Seems like high temperatures might flash off too many volatiles. You know, Wizmerd, I don't know. I want cooking issues people to tell me what their best way to dehydrate herbs is because I am not an expert in that. Balloon Knot says, would flour stored in the freezer used cold make a stiffer pasta dough than the same flour brought to room temperature in an airtight container? Hydration technique being the same, stiffer when mixing in a stand mixer. I've never heard of this. Have you? 
storing in a freezer in an airtight bag. If anyone has heard of this as a thing, please let me know on Twitter at, at Cooking Issues uh, because I want to hear more about this. I don't know the phenomenon balloon knot, but I'm curious of what it is because never dismiss something that somebody has observed until you figure out what's going on. Rob Pasco says, a while ago Dave mentioned a book or recipe for making muffins. I haven't been able to find the reference again. What was the resource and do we have any tip for making muffins? Yes. Go look at the 1993 uh, issues of the original Cooks Illustrated. There's a how to make muffins recipe in that and it is spot on. Cooking issues. 